Hello, Lime Ninjas, and welcome to episode 81 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and with us from lovely La Jolla, California, is our certified show producer and the brains behind her business, Aurora. Hello, and I am so excited to share today's interview with Stacy Starkle, who helped her toddler son get diagnosed with Lyme disease. But before we get into today's episode, we want to let you know about our free Lyme Ninja Brainwave Breathing Cheat Sheet. Some experts believe a big part of Lyme brain, or any brain fog for that matter, is the dissynchronization between the left and right hemispheres of the brains. I also notice in all of my Lyme patients that their blood oxygen levels are always just a little bit low. What this all adds up to, I think, are the Lyme brain symptoms you're so familiar with. Problems accessing words, names, forgetting things, sometimes getting easily confused and overwhelmed, and even when things are really terrible word salad where your words come out all jumbled instead of in a sentence. Brainwave breathing is a simple and powerful technique to help clear brain fog. It's easy. Anybody can do it. You don't have to swallow any pills. And you know what? It even works. Here's what Lime Ninja Jillowise B says about brainwave breathing. Brainwave breathing helps me to mentally relax. It has a meditative quality, too, and definitely helps me focus. There really is no negative aspect to this technique. I even did it while driving my car. It may have looked a little odd, but who cares? Indeed, who cares? If you want to get your free brainwave breathing cheat sheet and video training, just pop on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com for the details. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com. Okie doke, Aurora, tell us a little bit about today's Lime Ninja, Stacy Starkle. All right. Stacy Starkle is a mother in Iowa who went to the internet for inter- information after her son developed a blinking motor tick. After weeks of worsening physical and neurological symptoms and her local pediatrician unable to find anything wrong, Stacy drove her son three hours to a Lyme literate doctor where he was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. Today, he is on an herbal protocol, is almost symptom-free, and with the help of his mother, is on his way to being a healthy four-year-old. Thanks, Aurora. Here's our interview with Lyme Ninja, Stacy Starkle. So great. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I think the whole children's part, like you mentioned, is, Mm -hmm. is really tough. And I'm going to do a whole masterclass on just, just to help moms connect. And it is mostly moms. I mean, let's face it. Dads are important (laughs) people, but we're not the nurses in the house, right? Yeah. You know, it's true. Dads are wonderful and we all need them, but. Yeah, moms. I read somewhere recently, where was it? Um, shoot, I can't remember where it was. It said moms are the, the healers or like the physician of the family, I think is what it was. I think that's, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> well, it's it's absolutely the truth. And interestingly enough, and I'm, this carries across from alternative medicine to regular medicine, women <clears throat> just take care of their health much better. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I like to joke in my acupuncture practice that uh, men will only show up if it interferes with their golf game or their sex life. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And I think I heard or someplace that married men 
tend to live longer because of having a wife kind of, Ooh. you know, prompting them to get to the doctor, get the physical, or that doesn't sound right. That's one of my, yeah, I don't know that's that's one of my favorite studies. And um, I'll tell uh-huh. you the, there's a, a, a part two, a chapter two to that study. Mm-hmm. So the first part is they did study uh, married men and found indeed they did live longer. And it okay. just seemed to be the protective nature of having somebody in the house. So it wasn't so much mm-hmm. behaviors were all that different, although you can't rule what you're saying out. And I think it was mm-hmm. worth 10 years of life. It was a significant difference wow. between married and yeah. unmarried men. So the researchers went on and said, well, let's check this out for women. Let's see what's going on there. So they went and mm-hmm. studied women, and there was no no boost for mm. married women. And they got very oh, interested okay. in them. Like, how come that's so? So they dug a little deeper, and what they found for a woman, the quality mm-hmm. of the marriage was the key factor. So women oh, okay. in good marriages lived 10 years longer, and women in bad uh-huh. marriages lived 10 years shorter. So it canceled out. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I imagine stress involved in a bad marriage wouldn't help <laughs> your health. Right. So men, yeah. really, I mean, I'm talking about myself. We we don't care. And I don't mean we don't care, but it mm-hmm. a bad marriage doesn't stress us the way it stresses a woman. <laughs> and, and I think... Which is probably double stress for the woman. <laughs> don't you care? <laughs> I think you, know. you might be right. Yeah, insult to injury. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. So yeah. let's talk about your son. Can we use his name and it's okay if we don't? Yeah, that's fine. His name's David. David. Okay, so let's talk about David. Okay. Yeah, so David, he, we call him Davey. Um, he is going to be six this February, and he's just a terrific little boy. Of course, his mom thinks so, but I think he really is. Other people say so, too. And when um, he don't, he was always been in good health, you know, from the time he was born until he was about three and a half years old, he'd get your occasional cold, uh, maybe a tummy ache, but he was, he was in good health. And um, when he was three and a half is when we started noticing that, you know, that we started noticing symptoms, what's going on, you know, and that, so that's when it started was he was about three and a half years old. And um, it, the thing that really caught our attention right away was a sudden blinking motor tick, a sudden onset blinking motor tick. Uh-huh. And that was, he was in preschool. So he was just going two days a week. And that was in October, 2013. And, you know, I, I hated out of all the symptoms he's had or has the motor ticks, you, you know, I've hated them as much as anything else, but especially in the beginning, because they were so, you know, nobody wants that for their child to this. It's uncontrollable and it draws, draws attention and it's, you know, irritating the child and distressing them. Yeah. But so I hated that he had it. But at the same time, I thank God that he had it too, in a way, mm-hmm. because that caught our attention. And in hindsight, I can see that there were some other things happening just prior to that blinking motor tick that started uh-huh. just like that, just out of the blue suddenly. But I don't know if I would have gone, I don't know if I would have been online, you know, Googling information, what causes this, what mm-hmm. causes that. Mm-hmm. And, but it was so strange to see this motor tick. So that really got me 
thinking like, okay, this isn't right. Something's not right. Right. Um, yeah. And again, in hindsight, uh, so that was in October, end of October, 2013. It was just over three and a half. And, you know, I look at that day that it happened and he wasn't feeling well. He said he had a headache and a tummy ache and he looked fatigued. And then, you know, I think of the month before that, um, he was experiencing separation anxiety. I thought to myself, gee, this is new. You know, we're always together, but we weren't apart very often. And when we were, it was, it was like, uh, he just couldn't let me go or his dad, no, 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 don't go, don't go. Right. So we had this, the, all of a sudden this separation anxiety. And not just other normal anxiety. separation anxiety, like major, right? Right. Right. Yeah, it was holding my face in his, like desperate, kind of like mm-hmm. holding my face in his hand. You can't go. And so, you know, I'm thinking in September 2013, I realized he's having this separation anxiety and just kind of anxiety over other things too. Like uh, mm. he wanted stickers at the grocery store and <laughs> no, I'm not going to get you stickers. And right. he just stressed and, and a fit. I remember, I remember saying to my mom, I don't know what this phase is, but like he's throwing fits like I've never seen before. Right. Um, hmm. And it was out of the norm. Yeah. And then, so that was September and then go to October and he's telling me he doesn't feel good a little here and there bottom of his feet hurt one day and I, Mm. you know, but then he stopped complaining about it. So I don't think about it, but it was this blinking motor tick where I was like, like it was just the, maybe the canary in the coal mine. If that's how I would describe it, like that just caught my attention. Something's not right. Excuse me. Something's not right about this. And so, excuse me. And it went on for several days. And after like the second and the third day of it not going away, um, I think we've got to look into this, you know, yeah, what's, what's sure. going on, take him to the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first day it happened, you know, I was, I'm up at until midnight, one, two in the morning, like what can cause this? And, and nothing good, you know, right? <laughs> right. Nothing good. Yeah. Right. And, you know, thank God that we live in the day of the internet information age, because that really gave me some, a sense of direction. And there were some websites saying could be food allergies, mm-hmm. um, you know, could be, other conditions, but, and the strep, like with the pandas that came up. And um, then I would also find in articles or just moms talking online, look into Lyme disease too, that Lyme disease can trigger this sudden linking on tick, you know, there's some motor tick. Right. Can we pause pause there for a second, please? Uh, So one bit of information, just to let everybody know, what part of the country do you live in? We are in Iowa. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not, yeah. you're not, you're not in the Northeast, you're not in, in a no. traditionally endemic area. Okay. So that's, that's point right. one. And then, so yeah. what, so, so this is interesting. Your your son's got some eye ticks and you're like, okay, the, mm-hmm. mother's intuition is like, there's something wrong here. Right. And so you go to the internet and you start searching. What caught your attention that you started thinking, okay, pandas, lime, as opposed to, I don't mm-hmm. know, the other million things it could be. What lined yeah. up, what clicked for you? Yeah, the thing was, was within a couple of weeks of the motor tick, even though it was still there on and off, mostly on, he he also started telling me other things that he wasn't feeling good. There are physical symptoms all of a sudden by mid-November. You know, one day it was, mommy, my elbow hurts. Or he'd wake up, um, he'd, he'd end up snuggling with us a lot at night and, you know, co-sleep with us, mm-hmm. especially at that age. And he'd wake up and say, my hands are numb. You know, or the next day it was, I have a headache mm-hmm. or the next day my, my tummy hurts and the feet a lot. So yeah. this is over the course of a couple of weeks. 
And I started thinking to myself, I remember the day standing in the kitchen, I was like, okay, I don't like this blinking motor tick, that's for sure. But why every day is my little guy telling me something hurts? You know, yes. what's going on? And so that's when I was reading and I'm like making a list of things that can cause the motor tick. And that's when I was reading Lyme disease about migrating joint pain and mm-hmm. muscle pain, headaches okay. and stomach aches. Yeah. So that's what, that's what kind of made me suspect or wonder Lyme, put it on the list of possibilities. So we made, anyway, long story short, we made an appointment for the pediatrician within a week of the motor tick. And we went to him and he mentioned pandas and he did a, a, a throat culture for strep, Great. which I've come to find out. Yeah, that was good. Technically, it probably would have been better to do the blood titer test, but at mm-hmm. least he had that knowledge, you know, that strep can cause this kind of a thing. Yeah. So we were, you know, it came back negative mm-hmm. and no strep. And I asked him, I said, you know, could we do a Lyme? Now, this was before I kind of knew, don't just get your regular run-of-the-mill CDC um, Lyme disease test. (laughs) Yeah, so I said, could we test for Lyme disease? And we, first of all, say we really like our pediatrician. He's a great doctor, respectful. He's just not Lyme literate. And he mentioned at that time, he shook his head and kind of, no, he's like, well, I really doubt it's Lyme disease. That's very rare. It's very rare. But, you know, if he's still not doing well in a couple of weeks and you want to come back and do that, we can. Okay. So I was like, okay. So I went home, but within that couple of weeks, as my son's telling me more and more, I don't feel good. This, that hurts. I'm online every night, you know, midnight, like I said, till two in the morning, sometimes just like forums. Uh, God yeah. bless the people at the Healing Well Lyme Disease yep. Forum. Like they were very helpful to me in articles. And, you know, I was tipped off. Don't get your regular, um, you know, Western blot. Go through a specialty lab. Find mm-hmm. a Lyme literate doctor. Right. So, so that's what we did and made an appointment. It was about, you know, at this time now it's mid-November and the appointment had to, we had to wait a month for Another the appointment. Month, huh? Yeah. And within that month, um, actually it was like more like five weeks. It just more and more symptoms. He's not feeling well, dark circles under his eyes. Right. So now it's gone from just this little blinking motor tick. In fact, the, the motor tick by Christmas was gone basically. Mm-hmm. Still anxiety. So he still had some of those pans you know, symptoms. But to the blinking, the blinking motor tick had stopped. And, but the physical symptoms, like the pains, I mean, they were increasing. They were snowballing and his energy level just crashing, not wanting to go places in the middle of the afternoon. Um, right. Just not normal yeah. for a little boy. No, yeah. no. It's, and it, it was so sad. It was, he would, I, he was again only, well, now he's getting closer to four years old. His birthday's in February. So in December, like I'm thinking before that appointment, it was, it was so stressful and so, so sad to see him just not feel good. He would tell me, Sometimes, mommy, I feel like I'm dying. I, and I don't know what it feels like, you know, and I, I just, I, I felt bad too that I couldn't relate in that way. So he's crawling on my lap and wanting me to hold him and I don't feel good. And I say, where? And he'd say, everywhere. Yeah. You know, but, but then, you know what, some days, or times of the day, he'd have yep. good energy. I yep. would run around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would come and go. Yeah. For a so while, you never know husband, what you're getting, right? Right. Yeah. And for a while, my husband was like, I don't see it, Stacey. He's like, I don't, you know, mm. I don't know. I don't know that I see all these symptoms. I'm with our son, Davey, so much more that I would see them. Right. But, and I would read that Lyme is like that too. Like, they can have, and it comes and goes. Then eventually, my husband saw it too and 
And, you know, it's like, yeah, let's do, of course, let's do something about this. So can, can but, we pause so, there again also? And yeah. how, how stressful was that on your marriage, if at all, and on you yeah. when your husband saying, you know, I don't really see that? <laughs> yeah, it was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. He, We're in a really good place about it now. And um, now I feel like we're on the other side because Davey, he's not like, he's not, I guess, 100% symptom-free because uh, he still has some lingering joint pain. And so we're still treating him, you know, he's doing an herbal protocol right now. So we're still treating till a hundred percent symptom free every month. There'll be like this cycle of, okay, there's like a knee pain or two weeks later, there's a leg pain, but it's so minor. It does seem to be a monthly cycle too, doesn't it? You're not the only one who said that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does cycle for sure. But so we're in a good place right now. So like not to dredge up too much like of the stressful time, but yeah, it's hard. It was hard. And I find other moms, like if I'm on Facebook pages, like of, you know, kids with parents of kids with Lyme and mm-hmm. like you say, they're mostly moms kind of seeking out this support and information. There'll be other moms that say that too. I think, you know, and maybe guys, maybe men need to be this way that um, everything's, everything's okay. We're, we're good. It's, it's all okay. Well, um, and the mom, that goes back yeah. to our prior conversation that women will mm-hmm. go, women see the connections if things aren't 100% right and see how it can affect everybody in the family and beyond. And men, for the most part, mm-hmm. like, well, it's just me and it's personal, so we can get through this. And it's just the yeah. different personalities. And you do need both. You need some caution, but you also need some, ah, let's just go for it kind of thing. And somewhere there's yeah. a balance between the two. But I think it's important for people to hear this because <clears throat> mm-hmm. it's like you you stayed strong. And, you know, it's really a tribute to the other moms and the other people out on the Internet sharing all this information and sharing their stories and being open Mm -hmm. about it to be able to stick with this long enough to get your son health. If you had doubted yourself or, you know, whatever, kind of not felt confident in what you were seeing, it it could have gone on for another couple of years and really done some, Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid. We don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. And and it was hard. And, you know, God bless my husband. I'm thankful that he did get on board. It was in this, it was spring, probably March. He made a comment. Um, he gave me a hug one day, made me, made a comment that, you know, this is why it's good. Kids have two parents because just what you're saying, they both have strength. I mean, a, a one parent family definitely can raise a child just perfectly and with love. But what he meant, I think was that, I have a strength and he has a strength and he was just grateful that I did see it through Yeah. by that time in the spring. Our baby was doing so much better that he couldn't deny it, right. you know, anymore. It and how, how far did you have to go to find a Lyme literate doc? So our first one was a three hour drive, six hours round trip. And that that's a whole nother story in and of itself because at that time my husband wasn't really on board and it was December 30th, you know, in Iowa. And there was basically like not blizzard conditions, but really bad weather. And we're driving down country roads, right. you know, and it was stressful. It was stressful, but you know, thank God for her. And he did the identics test um, at her office. Well, she drew the blood and sent it away and she gave us some good advice. Um, we didn't, she said he could start, some antibiotics just just in case this was Lyme. She said it's looking like Lyme, mm-hmm. but um, we we decided to wait. And anyway, we did. Then about two weeks later, the results. You know, they weren't a true positive, but it indicated Lyme. The 
Um, he was like maybe one, if I remember right, one band short of mm-hmm. being like officially positive, mm-hmm. but he had the ones that, you know, um, it would indicate Lyme, Lyme strongly. Specific, and since yeah. His, yeah. Lyme specific. Yeah. And since his symptoms were so classic too, I also like, I don't, I, you know, nobody wants their kids sick, so I don't mean this in that way, but the fact that Daisy had such obvious classic Lyme symptoms, mm-hmm. I think helped too, because a lot of the moms, like on some of the, you know, boards and places I am and we talk, they'll say that it's not always, um, some of them, their kids aren't so physically sick as, right. as like much, maybe, and maybe it's more there's, you know, a little bit of illness, some aches and pains. It's true for sure. But I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what the percentage is. Maybe it's split down the middle and some really do get a lot of the sick symptoms. But like when you mentioned, you know, could I, you know, thank goodness we caught it in time so we could treat it. Really, I almost think like there was no not treating it. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, he'd get out of bed in the morning. This isn't every day. But he would get out of bed in the morning and sometimes just fall down. His legs would just give out on him. Wow. And yeah, he just, like my brother in law, like, Davey looks really rough. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) Right. Did he he have a late late night last night? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? He just just had to be treated. Yeah. And so, anyway, so we started treatment in early February 2014. And he did antibiotics at first. And within, you know what, within a few days, his energy level was better. My sister yeah. was like, wow, because, you know, other people are observing his symptoms and things too. He said, she's like, how long has he been on the antibiotics? And I said, just like three days. And, yep. But there was already a difference. And so he did antibiotics for about four months. And we actually did switch um, Lyme doctors to a different one that was much closer, uh, only about an hour and a half drive uh, well so three hours round trip instead of six hours round trip right and it turns out this particular doctor um also uses i didn't know at the time but she uses um for her patients if they want to do herbal treatments the beyond balance mm-hmm. line of herbs yep. which is a perfect fit so i really see it, it was like divine connection like to be with her because i started to think herbal after a few months on the antibiotics Right. But yeah, so quickly his energy level went back up once he started the antibiotics. He was on amoxicillin and azithromycin. So quickly his energy level went back up and I started hearing less aches and pains, but they were still there for sure. months. Even even about, you know, I think he did 14 weeks on antibiotics and even after the 14 weeks, he was much better, but still complaints, my tummy this, or again, sure. that cycling of symptoms. And at that yeah. point, what, what, how long was the cycle? Was it every week, every three days? Couldn't you Oh, remember? gee, every, every day. Every day, still, okay. Well, you know, yeah, in June, I'm thinking in four, by 14 weeks of antibiotics, maybe it wasn't every day. He was, I take that back. He was having symptom free days at that time, mm-hmm. but there was um, probably still half the month. If I, I kept it, I still do, you know, keep a calendar, chart of symptoms and I would write down every every word he said, everything little complaint he made. And that's what was like so sad in the hard months, November and December, looking at these pages and five or six complaints every day of something right. hurting and I don't feel right. good. Whereas in June, you know, oh look at that. He had ten days this month where he didn't complain. Yeah. Like and that was huge. Yeah, I want to pause like energy was better. Mm-hmm. Pa- pause you again here t- for two points. And one is okay. the importance of keeping some kind of journal 
And, mm-hmm. and that's because we, f- we forget because, you know, still six months later, when you're still in the thick of it, it still uh-huh. seems like a lot and can be overwhelming. But if you go back and look, you can see, you know, are there actual changes mm-hmm. here? Like you said, okay, you know, in, in, in the bad months, we were talking six symptoms a day and now we're only talking mm-hmm. two symptoms a day. And it's still a lot yeah. to deal with and it's still terrible, but it's not the same as six. It's like there is some progress. Right. So having a journal, yeah. right, absolutely helps. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm I'm glad I did that. And again, that was advice, you know, from someone early on. And and, and that and because I wanted, since it wasn't me, it wasn't my body. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how he's feeling. I thought I'm going to write down everything he says so I can try to put this puzzle together back in the beginning. But definitely for what you said, too, to see the progress. And, you know, that's what we use it for now, too, especially see the improvement. Mm-hmm. And then the second yeah. thing I want to highlight, and I, I, I bring this up again and again, uh, in concussion research, so brain injury research, one of the things that happens is people, adults, get mm-hmm. suicidal ideations, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. on a three-and-a-half-year-old with so, – so we also see this happening in Lyme disease. It's like when the brain mm-hmm. gets inflamed and damaged in a certain way, one of the things that happens is these thoughts appear out of nowhere. Now, a three-and-a-half-year-old isn't really going to be a, an expert on how people kill themselves, hopefully, right? You know? Right, right. So, but something you said was like, oh, I feel like I want to die. Like that might be yeah. the three-and-a-half-year-old version of saying that there's some really serious brain inflammation going on. And that's just how it feels inside. So it's, I think it's really, we can't say this enough. These, these really depressive suicidal thoughts aren't weakness, aren't a lack of willpower, aren't anything like this other than brain inflammation and a damaged brain. Mm -hmm. They're not really your thoughts. They're not really your little boy. They're not Davy's thoughts. Right. The the disease is putting them there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. You know, I'm, certainly no expert, but like what you mentioned about the brain inflammation, just the more I read and the more I learn how that's that's really happening, you know, within this illness. And it's such an important part of treatment to, you know, treat the infection and the disease, but also address the inflammation and try to reduce inflammation too. Yeah. Yeah, At the same time. Yeah. Because it was bad for him, like I said, in his worst. And I think also he meant like he he just, he hurt so bad, you know, he felt like he was dying, but there were definitely... You know, he would tell me sometimes, um, crying and I don't know why my body wants to cry, you know, and that was hard to hear too. It's like, you know, it's like Christmas time, he's three and a half years old and he wants to cry for no reason. So, but, but yeah, but, you know, thankfully those, um, things have, you know, gone by the wayside too. He's, yeah. Um, but so we did the, 14 weeks of antibiotics and they made a big improvement for him. Around May of that, that spring there after starting antibiotics in February was, well, first of all, I remember thinking, I just kind of felt desperate for the the symptoms to go away now. Like, you know, it's like really stressing, like when is it going to end? I, you know, I know these antibiotics are helping him, but, and, and and let me just preface by saying I understand people who do long-term antibiotics for Lyme or other co-infections that it can really help them it, and it can be the best case, you know, mm-hmm. solution for their case. But for Davey, I just, I didn't like personally, I just didn't like the idea of keeping them on antibiotics 
months after months after months. He was so little, and I was thinking of his gut yeah. and um, just overall health. And so, and then in about like late May, I started to notice an increase in the stomach aches and sore throats all of a sudden and low mm. rash. And mm. fortunately, um, it was really good timing because we had an appointment with his Lyme doctor um, in early June. I went down there and I was telling her, I said, you know, he's getting more stomach aches and this and this and that. And she was asking questions and we were thinking about it and she thought of it and she said, you know what, this might be yeast developing or like having a, an issue with yeast because of the antibiotics, like exasperating that or right. contributing to that. Right. Yeah. And so she um, said, let's do, let's add some, if I'm saying it right, fluconazole, I think it is the, that's the generic diet. Like Lucan, I don't mm-hmm. know if I say either correctly. <laughs> and Close and enough. at that time, yeah, exactly. At that time, I had already, for about a good month since early May, been considering switching the herbal protocol for him. And um, again, like thank God for the people who share their stories. And you know, you would know this. I know anyone with Lyme knows this. People who are in the Lyme world community, they are the most generous people with their information and the stories. I'm so grateful for, I mean, phone calls and emails and, you know, replies on questions on forums. They're so generous with advice and stories and information. And so I was thinking because of having heard from others that these herbal protocols were working for them, the Stephen Puner protocol, it just, I'm in my gut. I started thinking that's what I want to try for Daisy. That's what I want to try for him because he was getting to a place where he wasn't as bad anymore. I didn't, didn't feel so. Um, and well, and I, you know, I wasn't ready to do herbs from the get go because I didn't know about herbal treatments for Lyme and I just wanted to get him better. But so with that time and hearing other people's stories, I was already thinking herbal protocol. So anyway, at that appointment in June when the, the Lyme literate doctor is saying, I think that yeast might be becoming an issue. I was already thinking herbal. I said, I'd like to switch him. What do you think? And she said, yeah, that could work. That I think that, that he could be a good fit for an herbal protocol. And what we did though was before we started the herbs, and this is, I asked if we could do this. It was, she recommended the fluconazole, prescribed him that. And I said, can we just do that and then start the herbs afterwards? And she said, that's fine. So he did um, four weeks of fluconazole to help with the yeast. And it really helped with the yeast. It All of a sudden, like he started it. And then in June and by July, almost all of those symptoms were gone, basically, well, for the most part. that's like you know. the, t- the tummy ache and sinus? Yeah, like he was. Yeah, he was getting sore throats and tummy aches after eating, mm-hmm. and he was getting um, little like fungal rashes between his fingers and on his like fingertips and on his toes, and just you know, I mean, <laughs> little yeah. boys are gassy anyway. Right? He was just like <laughs> over the top, just, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah, and just like some fungus on his toenails, like yeah. real like you know obvious signs to her that yeah, I think this is yeast. So the fluconazole helped with that. And what's interesting is I remember in July, I was like, wow, he made really good strides here because he was even more symptom-free. And I thought I noticed even his Lyme symptoms seemed less, like maybe the joint pains and things like that. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, like, in the meantime, I've read two different articles since then that suggest, or it's just mentioned, it's not like they're real um, heavy on the science behind it, but that mentioned that 
this um, fluconazole, diflucan, can perhaps, they think, actually help battle Lyme even and help get Lyme disease itself, the Borrelia bacteria. So I don't know, but I think it's interesting that after a month on fluconazole, he was better, you know, even in regards to having less Lyme symptoms. So, but yeah, so he did that. And then he took, we took about, uh, I don't know, maybe ended up two month break from any treatment at all because we were, he was doing so well now at this point Mm -hmm. and still having symptoms, still every, uh, every week having symptoms, but going days without them. Mm-hmm. And and we were doing some traveling, and then he was going to start, you know, preschool in August. And it was just like one thing after another. Just ended up, long story, I guess, you know, is but ended up that we didn't start the herbs until about September of 2014. And did, did he regress at all during that two months, or did he kind of hold steady? No, he did. He he held steady. He held steady, except two symptoms kind of popped up or came back that that his energy was great. He didn't have, like, symptoms were not increasing. They were, like, steady, and he was feeling good running around playing soccer, you know, and he played t-ball that summer. But two things that fall. One is um, a motor tick. Another motor tick started up hmm. in the fall, and then he would have um, incontinence. He would just have accidents just where he just couldn't even feel it coming. Yeah. And I don't do you know, I don't know and I don't know like if that was regression or as far as like the motor tick, I've again I'm no expert, but some people some different moms are noticing, gee, like the ticks sometimes, you know, come on stronger in the fall or in the spring. And I guess like environmental allergens, even maybe like mold in the environment. Yeah, or viral. They, people even. wonder. Yeah. Viral yeah, or viral, too. right. That's, like people going back to yeah, that's classic uh, Bell's palsy yeah. time. So yeah, okay, right. So, but but otherwise he did okay, and mm-hmm. um, but just to you know, and then without going into it, because I could talk to you forever, <laughs> month by month, <laughs> everything that happened. But I actually, my um, kind of cautious and slow and steady nature, I I I dosed him really low on the herbs. Good idea. Really low. Yeah. Yeah. From September, like, say, the fall through the winter. And then, you know, God bless my, his Lyme doctor, though, because she's so patient and encouraging. In the spring, last April, at an appointment, he still, it was like making little improvements, but kind of like a, maybe a stall, you might think, too. And she said, well, you know what? Why don't you just try it? Why don't you just try, you know, building up the dose? Like you're right. supposed to. <laughs> yes. At some point there, you, right, you do have to get off the beginning yeah. doses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially four months later or whatever, <laughs> I mean, whatever it was, however many months. Um, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll try it. But, and also, I was, I would say, I was wondering, are these herbs causing this motor tick? And I was just like mm. afraid. I was mm. afraid. Okay. And you know what? I don't think they were. And, and probably not. In high, yeah, and in hindsight, I absolutely don't think they were. Okay. I was just scared at the moment. And I yeah. think that's another big like theme here is one thing that Lyme disease has taught me is just don't be afraid. Hmm. Don't be afraid, you know, because I was, like, you see your kid sick, 
and you're afraid. And when is this going to end? And then with the antibiotics, I was afraid and I was anxious and like, like just desperate for the symptoms to stop. Right. And somewhere I would say like about last spring, um, I just, I was like, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. You know what? Mm. He's doing well. He's, I mean, my goodness, I really couldn't complain. He was 90 something probably percent symptom free. Wow. And a little motor tick that most people wouldn't even notice. It's just my <laughs> eyes like were on him so I could tell. Yes. I was like, I'm just not going to be afraid and I'm going to take her advice. This, she is trained. She knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tie her up this dose. We're going to get it up to full dose yeah. um, for the herbs. And since then, you know, better than ever. Like I said, there's still some some lingering symptoms. and But they're few and far between and he feels good and I even see you know and I'm not superstitious but knock on wood I even <laughs> see the the motor ticks just really decreasing starting to re- go away because, huh? yeah because yeah because what he was left with was not a blinking motor tick anymore but kind of this um I'd never heard of it before seen it like online or anywhere else but like this finger flicking kind of thing and it mm-hmm. and it bothered him he told me more than once, like last summer, I hate it. I hate this mom. I just feel like I have to. Um, right. And so just even, mm-hmm, go ahead. I have a, did you, have you gotten his genetic profile done? No. Mm-mm. There's cause there's some of the line people talk about, uh, one of the mutations and it's not the MTHFR. It's a, it's oh, okay. a different one. It's the, it's the BH4, uh, protein genetics and okay. it's they seem to be related in some essentially what happens is the body produces a lot of extra ammonia among mm, other things mm-hmm. hmm. well i'm learning something that's good to know bh4 okay because i've heard of the other the, the mthfr and right his line doctor and i talked about that and she was thinking you know i i can't really remember i think she said well if you want to get him tested you can but you know, and then it kind of got put off, and we never did. Right. BH four though, so that's something I'll look into. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's related. You know, of course, it's they're all interconnected with the uh-huh. you know, detoxification, and everything else. But it's just it's something I've come across recently researching for another patient, and I thought it was very very interesting. It reminded me of a, a uh-huh. patient I had about uh, five years ago. Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. I definitely will look into. That. I love. You know, and that's, there's something new to learn every day. <laughs> it's so, so involved. Yeah, and, and one more question: yeah. Did you do any dietary changes? Yeah, we did right um, right from the get go, and even before he had treatment. That was one, you know, back when it was just the motor tick, and I read online that perhaps yeast or other food mm-hmm. allergies could cause it. So he went gluten free and really reduced the sugar in his diet and dairy free, and it did help. Um, I, at least, I at least I think. You know, from the beginning, because when his motor tick came on the beginning and then I made those dietary changes, it got a lot less. It still didn't really resolve till December, but right. he, you know, keep in mind, he didn't start treatment until February. So it did go away even before treatment. And I sometimes wonder, and his doctor has said that too, maybe the, you know, just decreasing that burden on his body of like the gluten and the extra sugar and things might have helped. Yeah. And how hard <laughs> was that to get him to switch? Yeah, well, and like around the holidays, it was very hard, especially like I say, it started, he 
physically did not feel good in December before treatment in 2013, but the motor tics started going away. And so, you know, right or wrong, probably wrong, I kind of laxed with his diet. And plus it's Christmas and it was hard. And so, yeah. But in the beginning, it, it wasn't. It was hard on the bank account because everything like that is more expensive. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But yeah, yeah, I just decided it was like a a switch flipped. Like, okay, well, this is how we're eating. This is how, you know, you're eating now. Um, And now, again, the better he gets, like he's not 100% gluten-free. And I've kind of heard that should be like an all or nothing thing. But he's like maybe 90%. And he doesn't have a lot of dairy unless it's someone's birthday and he's having ice cream. But he, you know, and I tried to do as much non-GMO and it's mo I, I won't buy any non-organic produce anymore. I, you know, what's the point of getting blueberries and lettuce if they're have toxins toxic. on them. So yeah, if they're toxic. Yeah. Absolutely. So we do those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. You have been so generous sharing your story and I want to give you the last word here. And so advice for other moms who may be just beginning their search and wondering if their child could have Lyme disease, what, what would you say and what resources would you point them to? Mm, yeah, those are good questions. Um, I think what I would say is like what I said just a few minutes ago, don't be afraid, which is you're going to, you're going to be afraid. Like when your kid is sick, you're, there's that anxiety and that fear, but you know, at some point I realized, and I think that, you know, reading Stephen Buhner with herbs, reading Dr. Klinghart online, certain things, and just all the other information, it's like, you know what, just, uh, like in my mind somewhere, it the his treatment plan shifted from get these bacteria, get these bacteria, kill them, kill them, kill them, to, to you know what, make, I need to work on his, on him, mm-hmm. his body, mm-hmm. you know, supporting his immune system. And that's what I love about the herbs is that protecting and supporting his organs and his immune system and all these other scientific things that I don't even really understand, stopping the cytokine cascade and so forth. Right. And then, you know, and then down there, is, yeah, get the infection, you know, go use an- their antimicrobial too. So go after the bacteria. But I guess, like what I mean is I there's when your child is sick, there's a lot of there can be a lot of fear involved, but just to have peace and to realize like they can get better and just look at their whole body, like what's going on, what's kind of, you know, on the plate. Why was this that, you know, something was the straw that broke the camel's back for my son to be symptomatic, you know, Um and and what was and just in other words like address the whole child really just try to look at the big picture and don't for me it was don't be so afraid of this bacteria you know and just focus on it but to look at him and his big picture try to help him be as healthy as he can be through supplements through these herbal protocols that's what I love about them as well as address the infection it for a while Lyme was really the boogeyman to me and I was scared to let him out of the house and I thought we're never gonna win with that mindset you know Mm -hmm. I just so it can be scary when your child's sick but just to try to have peace too that they can get better and just 
you know, follow your gut. Maybe some people keep their children on antibiotics because maybe they don't have the yeast issues and that what works for them. You know, they're still like supporting and boosting their immune system with supplements and nutrition and that works. But yeah, just, I guess to don't be, to not be afraid because it can get better and they can get better. And that was so helpful to me. I would read and hear interviews by land literate doctors that said, especially children are resilient and they can be 100% symptom-free. You know, you just you just get this, you go in there, you support them, get them healthy, treat the infection, and they can be 100% symptom-free. And then the other thing I would say, too, is to if, if, um, if your child is complaining, like, really listen to them. You know, um, we all, I guess when we're younger, have growing pains, but personally, I don't remember a lot of growing pains. And, again, my husband would say, well, that's probably a growing pain. In the beginning, I mean, you know, and it's like, I don't remember growing pains every day or, or a couple times a week. So, I mean, just really like listening to them, to the child and just be aware that it might not be Lyme, but it might be if, if they have elbow hurts one day and the next week their knee hurts and the next week their arm hurts or, you know, that these motor ticks, people don't motor tick for no reason. Something's going on in the body. I say that because I've come across a couple of friends who said, oh yeah, my child, you know, is doing that too. And his doctor says he'll outgrow it. Uh, I think, no, you know, investigate, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah, so don't be afraid and, and really listen to your child and because you're, and I think moms do, I think dads do too, but I think moms do. And, you know, and then, um, and then if you do think, gee, maybe this is Lyme, I don't know, to definitely go to a Lyme literate doctor because, you don't, know, you know, as good as your pediatrician might be, he's not a specialist and it requires a specialist it does. for sure. Yeah. Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You're incredible. Oh, you're welcome. No, you are. Thank you. No, it's, it's been... yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just glad he's feeling better and good things. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. It sounds like things are on the mend, mostly on the mend. Yeah, they are. And that's, it's a good place to be. It mm-hmm. is. It is. You're blessed. Thank you. I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you. That was such a great interview. And you know, the really positive thing about st- that I took away from Stacy's story is it's such a great example of everything going right. You know, too much of the time we hear stories of, you know, needing to fumble our way through a diagnosis or just trial and error of what works for Lyme disease or how to even get diagnosed properly. But uh, Stacy was really able to pull through and find the information she needed to help her son. You know, it is good to hear about a story where everything just clicks from the first time. You know, maybe that'll give us hope for the future that we'll hear more and more of stories like Stacy's. All right. If you need more Lime Ninja in your life, make sure you subscribe to us on your iPhone or your iPad. That way you won't miss out on great conversations just like this. And if you are listening for, on your iPhone, search for us on the podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. 
Uh, to search for Lime Ninja Radio, find the search icon at the bottom right of your screen. Tap it, type in Lime Ninja Radio. You should see a big green ninja button. Tap on that and it will take you to another screen. Tap the reviews button in the middle, then look for the write a review link below. And tap on that. Make sure to leave us five stars. Yes, indeedy. Thank you, Aurora, and thank you, Ninjas. By leaving a review on iTunes, you help more people find this great information about Lyme disease. Lastly, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with the Lyme Ninja Fact of the Day. Did you know, once upon a time, a ninja threw rocks into the ocean? They are now called Hawaii. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.